This is Live Well Talk on what you need to know about cardiac rehab. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at UniPoint Health, St. Luke's Hospital. Returning to a normal life after a health scare is a process that takes time, especially when it comes to matters of the heart. Preventing future heart complications means understanding the risk factors for common heart problems, maintaining a healthy heart lifestyle, and taking the appropriate medications and meeting with your physician on a regular basis. However, making lasting and effective lifestyle changes can be difficult to manage on your own. Designed to provide the support and guidance you require along the way, Cardiac Rehabilitation is a medically supervised program which helps to manage and maintain health and well-being of people who are living or recovering from a variety of heart problems. Joining us today to talk more about what patients can expect is Julie Peterson, manager of St. Luke Cardiac Rehabilitation. Welcome. Thank you. You know, historically, I had a, a mentor. Uh, he was a physician. He, he was in his 90s. He's passed away since, but he was an internist out in San Diego right out of training, and he would tell me that he would be uh, on call for the hotels to earn extra money, you know, oh. right out of training. So this is like the 1930s. You know? Okay. And he, he, he would say that, you know, the people would have heart attacks, and they'd give them dig, uh, and not routinely an aspirin, and uh, they'd put them to bed for 30 days, and, and that was the common treatment. That's changed a lot. And Definitely. That's, that's what we'd like to talk about today. Yeah. In the early days, I mean, like you mentioned, we used to treat heart patients and bed rest was the common theme for quite a while. And then when we sent them home, they were to be very, very limited activity. And over time is where you hear the term cardiac cripple came about, is people were afraid to do anything. And over time, through literature and studies that have been done, we found that actually improving, increasing activity especially early activation of activity, is actually healthier. And then over the years, you know, with technology changes and medication changes and that, hospital stays are much shorter, we're getting people up, moving them, that type of thing. And so to help with that recovery and kind of that mindset that people get into um, following some type of a heart event, um, the cardiac rehab is really helpful with that. Um, in the early days, we used to barely get them out of bed and walk them down the hall, sit them in a chair, we might do a little bit of range of motion activity with them and then very limited activity at home. And then we would try to get them into a cardiac rehab. And when we started them in the outpatient cardiac rehab, it was very slow. You had to be really cautious about what you did with them. Um, not to say that we're not so cautious today, but it's much quicker paced. We're able to do much more with patients today. You're absolutely right. The hospital stays shortened dramatically. Oh, yeah. That happened in the early 90s and it was really, yes. really amazing what happened. My, my dad had open heart surgery here at St. Luke's and he's in the first 30. He was here like two weeks, completely uncomplicated stay. You know, I, I yeah. mean, everything just went fine and he was here two weeks. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, we used to admit cataract surgery too. So things, things have definitely changed. Yeah. Yeah. How, how does it come about? So it, I, heaven forbid I should have a heart attack. I need uh, open heart surgery. How do I, do I get referred to you from my physician, my cardiologist? Yep, doctor would refer you. We start actually with patients in the hospital. So we will get them up, get them moving down the hall, um, working with them that way. We do some range of motion activity, especially on our heart surgery patients, which really helps with pain control and, and uh, with the chest and such. Uh, and then the doctor orders that. And then we actually set up appointments. We try to get them started fairly soon. When they go home, if they've had a heart surgery, we like to do that within one to two weeks. Um, if they've had a heart attack or a stent, we try to get it in the same week if we can to get them started. So it doesn't have to be open heart surgery? No, no. There's about four or five different diagnoses that typically 
insurance covers, and people would typically routinely be referred to us. Could, could we go through those? Yeah, um, heart surgery being one of those. If you have coronary artery bypass surgery or a valve replaced or even a valve repaired with the new way they're doing it now with TAVR, um, we do that. Um, heart attacks, obviously people have had heart attacks. People are treat, being treated medically, like people have angina or angina that are being treated. They're trying to change medications and things with them. Those people qualify for rehab. Heart failure, certain heart failure patients, especially those that have low pumping um, ability of their heart, um, and then heart transplant patients okay. also. Oh, I, I didn't know the last one there, mm-hmm. uh, which totally makes sense. And if you've ever listened to a patient that has their native heart still there and the new heart, that is bizarre. Yeah, so that's, yeah that the is, rehab's different. Yeah, I, I can imagine. <laughs> what we watch for. Yeah, I can imagine. How long? There's phases. Can you take us through the phases? Uh, yeah, there's um, what used to be traditionally called phase one, which we usually call inpatient, is our inpatient rehab. That's during the hospital stay. Then there's outpatient, typically called phase two, cardiac rehab. That length of time can be anywhere from a day, usually up to about 36 sessions over a 12-week period of time. It's just very individualized to the patient. So not everybody stays that long. Um, but it's very individualized to what the needs of the patient are if they're returning to work, things like that. And then beyond that, they're encouraged to continue on with activities. So whether they're doing something at home on their own, they're doing something at the YMCA or a health facility, or they're doing something, we have a program called Keep on Track, which is more like the phase three, phase four, which is your ongoing maintenance type activity. And some people just need assistance. They need to come somewhere and be able to do that in what they call a safe environment. Uh, so we offer what we call a keep on track program. So those are kind of the main phases, inpatient, outpatient, and kind of ongoing. Yeah, I see those patients on the indoor track there. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they check in. I know they're just yeah. checking in. and doing... So during that time, there, there, there's an added benefit here because you're, you're assessing this patient over this 12-week time. So it's, it's almost like a visit. I mean, you're a registered nurse, very experienced. Yes. And uh, that gives the opportunity to stay in contact with the physician. If you see something, does that ever happen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's probably one of the main advantages to cardiac rehab. Besides physically having the patients moving, we're monitoring heart rhythm. They're all on telemetry monitors. So we're monitoring heart rhythm, blood pressures, heart rates. They're working with nurses, exercise specialists. Dietitian comes in. We have a respiratory therapist that comes in. So they're working with a multidisciplinary team of people, and we do identify issues. A lot of times these people are having changes in their medications yeah, following absolutely. Um, surgery or heart attacks. So we're seeing blood pressures that are too high or too low. Uh, they need to be restarted or decreased or whatever on meds. Heart rhythm issues. Uh, we have people, especially post-op, we can see atrial fib. We see people that have uh, extra beats that shouldn't be there that are symptomatic. Uh, so we're kind of another set of ears and eyes for the physician during that early period home because we're communicating with the docs in between uh, the patient visits to their clinics um, and really providing some extra surveillance for them. And yeah. then when they get to the maintenance program, if they choose to do that, we still, if they wish, check a blood pressure periodically. They can check their heart rates on the pulse oximeter and um, it, they kind of keep a track of that. We make a copy of that when they go to their general physician offices and they can kind of see a trend. Um, as far as what blood pressures and heart rates are doing for them. It's really good that way. Over the years, the open heart surgery, you know, that was a no-brainer, should go to cardiac rehab. But I, I want to come back to that. You talked about how uh, having a, a cardiac event, subsequent stent placed in a heart. Was it always like that? I mean, or was there at times, well, you just had a stent to go back? And, no, sometimes you just have a stent. Even today, you just have a stent okay. and not have a heart attack. And some of the differences that have happened over time is back in the early days, you know, when people were on bed rest for so long and they were afraid to do anything because they were told not to, 
there was a lot of a, a big emotional component to that and getting people back to whatever their normal life is. With all the changes of technology and that, things happen really quick now. And so there can be kind of a false sense of security that my heart attack or my stent is not really that big of a deal because they fixed me. Oh, I can go back to work, you know, in a week. Okay. Takes, take a few pills and such. But the reality of that is there is a lot of emotional um, component that goes to being diagnosed with some type of heart, heart disease. And um, there's depression, there's anger. It's kind of like the grieving process. A lot of people are like, oh my, they're shocked. It's why me? And then all of a sudden they realize and they have a few down days, some depression in that. And um, the outcomes that we show with our um, performing in cardiac rehab is a decrease in depression, self-reported depression scores. So um, it really helps mentally them adjust. Um, no matter what their age is, we see different emotional components, whether they're a younger person that have been diagnosed with heart disease or an older person. But there's a lot of emotions to that. Participating in cardiac rehab really helps them adjust through that. Kind of helping identify what's normal, what's not normal, you know, kind of helping them get back into a lifestyle that's healthier for them. And after they've gone through this and, and hit that, what's the percentage of people that go on to develop uh, exercise as part of their normal routine? Well, you know, <laughs> the literature will tell you after about a year out, people start falling off. And I think that's pretty much true in about anything, you know, whether right, you go on a right. diet plan or you go on an exercise plan. And so that's just human nature that happens. Um, we try our best. I mean, patients do a great job while they're there. They have plans when they leave us as far as what they should do. As far as what our percentage, our patients, I can't tell you exactly long term. Um, but I mean, it's just like pretty much early, you know, a lot of year out, people start falling off a little bit, but that's pretty much everybody does that. Okay. Well, that, yeah, that seems reasonable. With diet and exercise, yeah. Have you had repeat patients? I mean, patients that have, yeah. have been referred We back. do get repeat patients, you know, if they have a new diagnosis or they didn't, they had a stent maybe put in and, you know, two years later, they end up having problems for some other reason. They end up needing heart surgery. They'll come back in if they have a new diagnosis. Okay. They can come into the maintenance program, the ongoing program, anytime. So we have people that come and go. The weather's nice outdoors in the summer, so they choose not to come. But in the wintertime, we'll see them again. In the regular cardiac rehab, though, the phase two program, that's going to be pretty much diagnosis specific. Um, and they've had to have had a new event before they would be able to come back in again through us. Okay. Why I have you here, I don't want to miss out on talking about this briefly, and we can probably do another podcast at some point. But the cardiac screening, uh, you, you handle that oh, as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, tell us just what that service that provides, because I think it's a really good service. Well, there's a couple of different screenings that we do. Um, years ago, we started off with the heart scan, which is the CT scan, um, corneal calcification scoring. And our department just kind of helped handle the logistics of getting people into right. that. Um, and nowadays, what we're seeing is physicians ordering that. Um, a lot of times, people are resistant to go on cholesterol-lowering medications. And so they're doing heart scans to kind of see where they're at. Do they have calcified plaque? Um, we just kind of help get the information out, kind of do a pre-screening before they go in and have the test. Results of that go to the doctors. The doctors are deciding what to do with that. Um, the other screening that we do is what we call heart check screening. And that's a series of five different tests that we do for a vascular screen. And that's been very popular. Um, any age, people can have that done. Um, and we facilitate that. Um, physicians are reading results the day that they come in for the test. So we have a radiologist and a cardiologist that are reading results. And then I, as the nurse, kind of oversee what those results are and what we're, we are reporting back to the patients. And where we differ maybe compared to 
the bus that drives down the street and offers right, a screening. Right, right. Uh, where we differ with that heart screening is um, we have professional staff reading results at the time at our hospital, and then we also have professional staff giving those results. Uh, we have nurses and exercise specialists that sit down and review the results with the patients so they understand what those um, actually mean. And then we provide, based on their questions, provide them with lifestyle recommendations in that. And that's awesome um, because I have, not not so much anymore, but when they first started doing these screenings, I've seen patients fall through uh, the, the proverbial crack uh, yeah. because nobody followed up on an abnormal result. And, yeah. you know, they're, I, I remember one seeing them for their stroke and they're like, well, I, you know, I had to fold up a piece of paper in their pocket from like six months ago. And I'm like, well, geez, you know, that'd been nice if you yeah. would have followed up on that. So that's good that we have physicians engaged in that and a follow-up yeah. plan. Yeah. It's great for early recognition and the patients that are the people that we usually see with those screenings are usually people that are interested in their health, wanting to find out. They either have strong family histories or somebody in their family recently had, a lot of times you'll get people because somebody, especially a young person, maybe in their family or they worked with, just dropped dead of a heart attack. And they're like, oh my gosh, they were the healthiest person ever. How did that happen to them? And then you'll see an influx of people coming yeah, in yeah. and calling us, looking for how can I find out if I'm at risk? And you know, the downside to it is, is you know, it's a great screening um, to do, but it's not the end all be all. I mean, people still need to be aware of what warning signs are and be able to act on those and know what to do in a timely manner. Because we can tell you that you don't have coronary calcification. We can tell you that your results all look normal. But you know what? Heart disease, strokes, they can hit any time, even though those, those results look normal. And so we really stress in those screenings what the warning signs are and what they should be watching for, for symptoms, um, anything that's new for them that um, is not normal for them, they need to be talking to the doctor about that. You're, I mean, and you're so right. I, I, there is a study in the VA system that patients that had laparoscopic surgery for gastroesophageal reflux disease that did worse than people that were on the medication at a 10-year mortality. And they went back and kind of said, well, why is that? Well, they found out the ones that were on the medication were routinely coming to get that medication refilled. And, and the ones that had the surgery weren't Weren't doing so, that. so they're showing up saying, oh, yeah, you know, and the doctor's saying, hey, any new problems? Well, you know, I'm having this heart pain. And, yeah. and, and then that would lead to, you know, preventing a, an event. Yeah. So that contact with health professionals is valuable. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm glad people are coming in. The screenings are a great thing to do. But our message is also that you still have to listen to your body and pay attention to what it's telling you and then acting on that and talking to your doctors if you're having something that's, you know, because you do, you can, you have the patient that will tell you, oh, I had a stress test yesterday. And, and then a week later, he says he has a heart attack and he can't understand that. We have young people that come in through cardiac rehab that to look at them, you'd think there's nothing ever wrong with them. They run and they have no risk factors. And they're the ones that really struggle. Why did this happen to me? Why did I have a heart attack? My cholesterol is normal and I don't smoke and I run every day and things like that. Well, things can still happen. You know, right. genetics play a huge role. I think, um, and so that family history that you can't do anything about other than live your life as healthy as you can to try to prevent it from happening to you early and go upon the recommendations of what, what the doctors are telling you right. to do. Right. So, um, and that's where some of these screenings help, you know, taking statin drugs and things like that, which seems to be kind of the, you know, the wave has been there for a while. There's a lot of people resistant against that. Um, and there's some good evidence out there on why people should take them. but 
um, it's hard to convince people sometimes. Yeah, and it, it, you know, with the recommendations with diabetes, and you have a type one diabetic, nineteen years yeah. old, their LDL cholesterol is one hundred ten, should be yeah. less than seventy. Yeah, and you think to yourself, okay, I'm going to commit to you know sixty years of this medication. I know, I know. That, that's a tough decision. That is and, really and, tough. And but the evidence supports it. Yeah, the, the evidence at this time is not contrary, and doesn't uh, we? I mean, we don't have long term studies that far out, but no. one, one uh, last question. I, as long as I've known you've been cardiac rehab, how did you end up in cardiac rehab? Um, I actually started my nursing career in the telemetry unit. So I was working with heart patients here at St. Luke's. I've actually worked all my career here at St. Luke's. Started very young and um, started on the telemetry unit, stayed there when I got my nursing degree. And I loved working with the cardiac um, clientele. I loved the patient ed that we did at that time. Um, the kind of like the sicker the patient was, the more I liked to take care of them. The opportunity came to go do cardiac rehab, and I was ready to kind of go that next step of okay. leadership and got in there mostly because of the patient education, because I really liked patient ed and kind of educating patients on. Um, and then that has led to further things. We've done additional, we do pulmonary rehab now, and we do some additional things, yeah. the screenings and things like that. Right. But, well, and it helps to tie it all together because that patient that's having open heart surgery, they're not taking in any No. Thing. And you know, rehab, cardiac rehab is really great for getting a patient. It's kind of like the end of their, everything that's going on with them. So if they had heart surgery and they've done all these different things before surgery, they go through surgery, they go to their doctors, they have to get back to their normal life. It's struggle sometimes for many. This is kind of the end. Um, it's the happy place to be. Right. We're right. getting them back to a life, their normal life. It might be a new normal for them, but we're getting them back to life again. It's a real um, positive feeling when you when you can do that. When you bring see somebody in and they're struggling with something, and or they are doing fine, but they learned some new things while they were here to to lead a healthier lifestyle. That's real rewarding. So it's it's a great place to work. Well, you're 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 changing people's lives, and that's important. Yeah. Yeah. This has been really great information. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk about this. Again, that was Julie Peterson, manager of St. Luke's Cardiac Rehabilitation. For more information on St. Luke's Heart Care Services, visit unitypoint.org heart. If you have a topic you'd like to suggest for our talk on podcast, shoot us an email at stlukescr at unitypoint.org. We encourage you to tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. Until next time, be well.